kids like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this priceless privilege lord to belong to you to receive wisdom from you we just thank you and we glorify you and we ask that now the entrance of your word will give us light please grant us clarity and uh, let this word change us let it change something about us about our businesses our families change our approach change our ministries to make us far more effective and prosperous and to maximize your destiny for every one of us in Jesus name amen and amen praise the Lord all right now uh, like I said we are engaging the matter of strategic positioning and this is so important that I believe that much of what God wants to do um, will be impacted by this revelation and let me request that we read some text. I'm going to read those texts and I, I'm going to keep it simple this evening. I don't even want to sound preachy because I really want us to look at this and gain wisdom uh, as much as we can from the Lord. So I'm going to read some texts and these texts are foundational because they will begin to give you an idea and an understanding of what strategic positioning is all about. Um, let's read in Genesis chapter 26, Genesis 26, and I'll be reading from verse 16, it's the story of Isaac. I intend to read like um, three passages and uh, just, I will not teach on them, but I will highlight a few things that will point in the direction of strategic positioning. All right, so Genesis 26 and from verse 16 and abimelech said to isaac go away from us for you are much mightier than we you are greater than us move away from here um then isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of gerah and dwelt there and isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of abraham his father for the philistines had stopped them and you know just you know closed them out of jealousy and envy uh, after the death of abraham and he called them by the names which his father had called them and isaac's servant dug in the valley and found a well of running water there but the herdsmen of gerah quarreled with isaac's herdsmen saying the water is ours the water is ours so he called the name of the well Essek, which means quarrel. That's the meaning of the word Essek. So he says, okay, you said the water is yours. The name of this water is quarrel. Be drinking it. And then he moved away. Uh, they quarreled. Now in verse 21, then they dug another well. And they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna. Sitna means um, uh, enmity, strife. And now watch verse 22. 
and he moved from there. He moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth. Because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. Now, um, in verse 25, so he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there. See, now, Isaac pitched his tent, his servants dug another well. Huh? And of course, that was the origin of the town called Beersheba. So watch what is going on here. The first thing was that Isaac was forced to move away. This movement was forced, but it was strategic. By the time he got to the next place, he dug a well, there was a quarrel. He dug another well, there was another quarrel. But notice he's digging these two wells in the same area. The Bible then says in verse 22 that he moved from there. He went away from Essek. He went away from Sitna. He went away from quarrel and strife, the place of strife. And then he moved away. He relocated. He repositioned himself and dug another well. And the Bible says there was no strife over that. So Isaac said, Rehoboth, the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. So notice here that Rehoboth was very closely connected to his strategic repositioning. But even Rehoboth was not the end of the story. Isaac moved again, and the Bible says this time he moved to a place called Beersheba, and they dug another well there, and of course, the blessing of God was on him, and there was water as well, as well as prosperity and peace, because all the people that were quarreling with him before came and they made, uh, signed a treaty with him. So, Isaac's coming to Rehoboth was closely connected with strategic positioning. A lot of people are praying for Rehoboth, but they are not willing to check whether it is time to reposition from Essek and from Sitna to where God would want to bless, enlarge, and make room for them. So keep this in mind. Like I said, I'm not doing a detailed teaching on this subject, but I want to read these scriptures. Now, the next scripture is, some of us, I believe, will be familiar with the story of the famine and then you know you had the lepers those four lepers that were there the famine was very bad very severe and i mean it got so bad that people were cooking and eating their babies that that is really really bad now when it comes to a point where somebody is cooking and eating you know their children but Verse 3, Second Kings chapter 7 and verse 3. The Bible says, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? Why sit in this place until we die? That's what they said to themselves. <laughs> and they said in verse 4, If we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city. And then we are going to die there. If we sit here, we are also going to die. Now, therefore, come and let us surrender. Let's move over to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we will live. If they kill us, we are only going to die. 
we will still have died in any case. So, head or tail, if head or tail is die, let's take our chances. And then these lepers arose at twilight in verse 5. And they came to go to the camp. They came to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the place, to their surprise, nobody was there. Things had changed. God had caused the Syrians to hear a noise. I don't want to read the whole thing. You know, we don't have the time. But God had caused the Syrians to hear a noise. Something had shifted. Hey! Oh, glory to God Almighty. You see, something had shifted. But they only discovered that something had shifted when they shifted. Oh, wow. I never heard what I'm sharing with you before. You see, I, I, when the truth of the word of God comes to my spirit like this, I get so excited at God's word. Something had shifted, but these lepers never would have found out that something had shifted, except they themselves shifted. There are many believers, because you're not willing to reposition yourself, you don't realize that God has already shifted certain things. It's just that you are not at the place where you are going to benefit from the shift that God has already granted. Wow! Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. But look what they said to themselves. Why sit here until we die? A lot of believers sit in one place until they die. And they assume it's God. As we continue this study, you are going to find out that there are fixed components of our faith that will never change. But then there are changeable aspects that God expects us to keep repositioning. We don't reposition in, 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 in connection with scripture. Scripture is fixed forever, oh Lord. Your word is settled in heaven. We don't do that. But then, we don't reposition and change a vision, a God-given vision. No, but you can reposition in the implementation of a God-given vision. You can reposition yourself in business. Maybe God has called you on the platform of business. And God, that's your platform. You're not going to become a pastor overnight. Because your calling is in the marketplace. But you can reposition yourself as far as your career is concerned. And by the way, let me say something right you know, at the outset here. The purpose of this teaching and this study this evening is not to cause you to abandon what you are doing. And then you say, but Ferdinand said, God said we should reposition. That's not what I'm saying. What I believe in my spirit is that we need to listen. We need to hear from God. We need to check. We need to be hearing from the Father and asking, Lord, where and how have you proposed that I should reposition at this time so that I can maximize your purpose and your counsel, your will and your enlargement for my life, for my family and for my ministry. That's the thing. So I'm not encouraging you to make arbitrary decisions and say, God said we should reposition. I'm packing out from this place. I'm resigning from my job. No, 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 no. I'm presenting a principle for your consideration and then for you to present it before the Lord so that the Lord can speak to you. But the fact is, just like those four lepers ask, some Christians sit in one place until they die. They believe that if God is going to bless them, he must do it in where they are presently and the blessing must be on what they are doing. Is it possible that God will want you to do something different? Is it possible that you will need to reposition yourself as far as business is concerned, as far as a market is concerned, as far as a product is concerned, or as far as the location is concerned? Is that a possibility? 
And the answer is a capital yes. Now, let me read the third scripture, then we can then, you know, go systematically. But I wanted to read these introductory passages so that, you know, um, you get the hang of what we are studying this evening. And this one now is in the New Testament. And this is the Lord Jesus himself, our great example. And that's in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And I'm reading it from verse... 12 Matthew chapter 4 and from verse 12. So the scripture says, Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. You see, Jesus was in Judea. Israel has three principal areas. In the north of Israel, you have Galilee. In the middle of Israel, you have Samaria. And then the lower part of Israel is what you call Judea. Beyond Judea, you have the Gaza Strip, where you have the Philistines. Huh? Further down, you now have Egypt, you know, and the Sinai region. But basically, those are the three major components of Israel. Galilee in the north, Samaria in the middle, and Judea lower down. Judea is where you have, you know, Jerusalem, you know, and uh, Bethlehem, and all of those areas. All of those places are in Judea. And Jesus had just been baptized, you know, in Jordan, and he was in that area. And now Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been put in prison. And scripture says he repositioned to Galilee. The next thing you read is by verse 13, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea. See, there actually is the lake, the, you know, the lake of Galilee or Lake Genesaret, or Kinnereth. These are all different names for the same, you know, Galilee Lake. Big Lake. And the Bible says, He went and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has sprung up. Oh, glory to Jesus. I want you to see something here. Don't miss this. This is the Lord Jesus himself. And the Lord Jesus moves away from Galilee, or rather from, from Nazareth, and he moves to Capernaum. So that scripture can be fulfilled. You see, there are certain things that will not happen in certain places. I said there are certain things that will not happen in certain places. There is no way for this scripture to have been fulfilled while Jesus was away from that area. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says Jesus moved to the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. Because the Bible has already prophesied that people that sit in darkness are going to see a great light. And the people in this valley of the shadow of death, light is going to spring up for them. But the question then is, how will this prophecy come to pass? The person that God is going to use to fulfill this prophecy is far away. So what does God do? God repositions his instrument, his vessel, the Messiah, so that the word of God can be fulfilled. There are things that will not come to pass in your life without strategic repositioning. There are certain results you will never be able to get if you continue to do what you have always done 
how you have always done it, where you have always done it. Without engaging God and without, you know, you know, peering and seeking to know the heart and the mind of God. To find out, Lord, is it time to change? Is it time to reposition? Is it time to readjust? And as you are going to see shortly, everything is instructing us to be in a, in a continual mode where we can hear God and from where we can move when God says move. Blessed be God forevermore. Okay, now come with me to um, a few comments I want to make. So this is the end of the general introductory remarks, but I now want to make certain comments I want to draw your attention to. The first one is that God has no stationary friends. You see, God does not have stationary friends. God moves, and those that desire to walk with him must be willing to move with him. God is moving. That's why you hear things, the Bible says things like, you know, Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. God is on the move. Strategic repositioning is critical to the moves of God. And you can see it manifest in the way God dealt with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joseph, David, Elijah, Daniel, Paul, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Each of these people kept moving. They kept moving. The reason was because God was moving. God was, you know, moving and doing different things and they needed to keep step with the Almighty God. And you will agree with me that strategic repositioning, any military, any successful, you know, army must learn to strategically reposition themselves. Imagine an army that does not, <laughs> that does not understand the tactic of strategic repositioning. There will be a sitting dock for the enemy. Then the devil can, or rather the enemy can take any of them out at any time. So strategic repositioning is important in the life of an individual, in businesses, churches. As a church, as a church leader, my hope is that as you are listening to this teaching, as we fellowship together today, you'll be asking yourself, how can I, how can God lead me as a leader to reposition this ministry, this church, this business, and even your family? And if, if you're a leader, you are leading a nation, you are, you, are, you are a president or you have you are an advisor to presidents, you have access. Part of the question must be, how can we reposition our nations? Oh, hallelujah. To profit from the changes that are taking place. Instead of becoming a victim of the times, how can we reposition uh, to maximize the opportunities that are present inside crises? The reason is because you see, look at all the changes, and I'm coming to that. Look at all the changes taking place in the world. If you don't reevaluate and reposition yourself, you are going to become a victim of changing times. You become irrelevant. You become obsolete. You'll be left behind. So in business, you know, I, I, I did a little study, and I saw that there is strategic repositioning. It's actually a course that people take in business school, serious business schools. And he says repositioning involves changing the market's perceptions of an offering so that it can compete more effectively in its present market or in other target segments. So you can reposition, you can change because of competition, the market environment, consumer trends, 
the internal environment, what is happening in the company, organizational leadership is changing. You begin to change so that you can maximize all of the trends and all of the things that are happening in your sector. So, I believe there are business leaders here and God is going to give you wisdom to reposition that business. And you are going to experience Rehoboth. I said you will experience Rehoboth. You are going to experience supernatural enlightenment because things have shifted. But you too, you are going to shift so that you can benefit from the shift that has already taken place. Hallelujah. So businesses are... Look at Facebook. Just this October, in fact, just like a week or less ago, Facebook has changed their name. Actually, the, the parent company now is now called Meta. Meta is like, you know, what Alphabet is to Google. Google is actually a company under the big company called Alphabet. So Meta, Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, and all of these have now come under a group called, a new group called Meta. Still, of course, CEO Mark Zuckerberg. But here is the point, what's pushing them to do this? Facebook is now shifting focus on the new virtual reality area that is known as the Metaverse. Metaverse. What is Metaverse? Facebook believes that is, Facebook is banking on the fact that people are going to be interacting and having meetings, virtual reality meetings, visiting each other, you know, doing business, business meetings in virtual spaces using their, what they call avatars. You know, avatar is like your online identity. And that people are going to, and that it will be so real uh, that the things that happen there will eventually translate into the real world. Facebook is investing $10 billion and they're employing 10,000 persons in Europe to work on this. What are they doing? They are repositioning themselves, not as a social network company, but as, you know, a virtual reality metaverse company. That's the, that's the new direction they are going. So this is very important. This is very important if we are going to um, uh, fulfill the purpose of God. Let me tell you a story. There is um, uh, a friend of mine years ago in the city where we were living. So this brother came to me. He said, Brother Ferdinand, we must pray. We must pray. I said, what's the prayer point? So he says to me that they have posted him out of Bauchi, out of the city where he was. We should pray against it. You know, not meanwhile, they were sending him to a place called Kaduna, somewhere in northern Nigeria. And then he says, pray against it. I checked my spirit and the Lord said, no, don't pray against anything. Tell him to go to where he has been he has been posted. I said, sorry, bro, we are not going to pray. You are moving to where they posted you. You have stayed long enough in this mountain. Do you remember that statement from the Israelites and their wanderings in the wilderness? God said, you have stayed long enough in this mountain. Take your journey, reposition on your way to your promised land. So I told him, I said, you're moving. Do you know he moved and in this new place where he went to, promotion came to him, Rehoboth enlargement. Meanwhile, he wanted me to pray against, you know, a shift that God is granting him because of what God has shifted on his behalf right ahead. So, strategic repositioning is mandatory in a world marked by VUCA. Now, um, uh, please permit me to share my screen here. Um, I like, uh, there are some slides I'd like you to see uh, at this point. Yeah. So, it, it, there is something that, you know, many leaders are now calling um, VUCA. And what do you mean by VUCA? Look, look there. 
the, the idea is that the world now is filled with volatility. That's the V there. The U is uncertainty. And then the C is complexity. And the A is ambiguity. It's a VUCA world where things are volatile. I mean, just look how, look how fast things are changing. What you read yesterday in the news is not what is going on now. Look at the markets. In my own country, look how volatile our currency is. Look how quickly our currency is collapsing and things are changing. Look how quickly the inflation is, is, inflation is just eating up things. Now, look at uncertainty. There is uncertainty pervading, you know, so many sectors. People are not sure. Look at the travel industry. Look at the hospitality industry. Look at health. Look at even the virus. COVID, you know, COVID virus, COVID-19 is, is mutating and changing. All kinds of, you know, variants. And then look at the complexity of the world today. Things are so complex. A lot of people don't know how to navigate the complexities of the societies where they are, they are located. And then ambiguity. Ambiguity means even, you see, uncertainty means that you are not sure what will happen. But ambiguity means even when the things are in front of you, you don't know what they mean. You can't interpret them. You are certain of what you are seeing, but its meaning is ambiguous. That's the world where we are now. Huh? Um, uh, uh, Alvin Toffler, Alvin Toffler is one of those guys called the futurist. Alvin Toffler said, change is non-linear and can go backwards forwards and sideways you see many of us we we think of change as you know change always happens in a forward way no 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 change can go backwards it can go forward and it can go sideways in fact let me also add to mr toffler you know that change can go upwards it can also go downwards so in a changing world like that you know we we you're dealing with vuca the environment will demand that you will have to react quickly to ongoing changes. You will have to take action without certainty. You know, things are so complex that you have to find a way to find clarity. And now people are proposing confronting this volatility with vision. There must be a clear vision. The uncertainty, you confront it with understanding. There must be a clear understanding. And the complexity, you... You, um, uh, you confront with clarity. Clarity, not certainty. Clarity. You see, when you have clarity, even if you don't have certainty, you can make decisions. Leaders are not always looking for certainty. They are looking for clarity. As a leader, you must always have clarity. Even when you are not sure, you must be clear. Clear on what you are about, clear on your vision, and clear on where you are going. And then for ambiguity, we must have agility. Agility means ability to pivot, to move quickly. Are you following? Because if you are stuck in one place and you are not able to reposition in a volatile situation, in an uncertain world, in a complex world, in a world of ambiguity, you are stuck in one place. That's the worst thing that can happen to you. You are a sitting dog. Anything can take you out. So I wanted to, you know, just quickly um, uh, uh, point that out to you. And, you know, as we continue uh, the study uh, this evening. So come back with me now to see certain key components of this 
um, uh, strategic repositioning that we are talking about. So remember I mentioned there are fixed and variable realities. What do I mean by that? You see, in your Christian life, there are unchangeable realities of life, of your work with God. But there are also changeable situations and issues. I'll give you a couple of examples. You're not going to change your Christian virtues, your work with God, or what the Bible says, your position in Christ. These things are fixed. Your inheritance as a believer or your marriage. You are married and you are married. You Christian virtues. You're not going to walk away from your work with God. You cannot change that. But you need to continually reassess the changeables. The strategy for vision fulfillment. I'll give you an example. God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is not changeable. You are not going to change that. But then the question is, how? How are we going to preach this gospel? Imagine now that COVID struck and you did not reposition. Do you know that many churches have shut down in this COVID crisis in the last um, one and a half, two years? Why did they shut down? Because they were not agile. I said they were not agile. They were not quick to adapt to the changes that were taking place. Because suddenly, big preachers could not, could not reach their church members. We had always assumed that church will always be open and our people will always be in front of us. And then suddenly, VUCA, <laughs> VUCA happened. And volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity. You know, I think the COVID crisis is like VUCA senior. But I, I've said to a lot of people, you see all of these COVID crises and things going on, with all these things going on with vaccination and all of these things, this is rehearsal for something more serious. This is not the real thing. Some people say, is this the Antichrist? Relax, this is not Antichrist. This is rehearsal for what is coming. But if the rehearsal is this serious, it gives you an idea of what is coming. So imagine if something serious like that is coming and you are a sitting duck with no ability to reposition that would be that would be a very dangerous situation okay so the goal is that we must change in the areas that are changeable but be rooted in the areas that are fixed this is very important you see many believers think unchangeable things that god has not decreed so many believers think unchangeable things that god has not decreed so I'll give you an example. You're a preacher of the gospel. God called you to preach. And God located you where you are presently. But has God decreed that you are going to stay there forever? Is it time to move somewhere else? Has the spirit relocated while you are still located where you are? So these are questions. You see, your call is not going to change. But the modus operandi, the expression of that call, we require consistent repositioning. All you need to do, I'm going to look at some examples. I already mentioned um, uh, Isaac, and you, uh, we mentioned um, uh, you know, the four lepers, and then, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the Messiah, but watch the repositioning that kept taking place. Huh? Even before the one that you saw moving from, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Nazareth to Capernaum, he, look at, he relocated from heaven to earth. Because there was no way to save us, you know, while he's at the Father's right hand. He had to come down. That's a repositioning. So, let's now backtrack a bit and gain a proper understanding of what do we mean by strategic repositioning. Reposition in the dictionary is to place in a different position. <laughs> you know, to adjust or alter the position of something. To change 
or in business to change the image of a company or a product or to target a new or wider market. So repositioning means just what it says, a change in position um, or location or approach. And repositioning can either be willing or forced. <laughs> it's not all the time that he's willing. Do you remember that we saw Isaac? And it, it was not Isaac who wanted to move. The king of Gerah came and said, get away from here. You are, you are too big for us now. Notice that Isaac didn't stay there to start arguing and fighting. I see a lot of believers. The, things have already shifted, but you don't want to move. There was a brother who lost his job in a federal establishment. And then he came to me and said, my friend, let us pray that the loss of this job must be reversed. They must cancel it. How they victimized him. We prayed and prayed. After a while, I told him, I said, sir, I think it's time you let this job go and so that you can face your future. Maybe there are other businesses you need to do. Maybe there are certain other things you need to confront. But in my mind, he held to that loss for too long. There are certain things... This, Isaac, Isaac could have stayed there and said, no, king of Gerah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And then a fight will start. There are, one of the best solutions to strife is to reposition. Notice when the herdsmen of Abraham and the herdsmen of Lot, when the crisis started, Abraham proposed a repositioning. He told Lot, if you go like this, I will go like this. Let's not fight. Let's reposition. Choose where you want to go. I will, choose, I, will, I will take the rest. You choose first. And of course, Lot, with his, you know, very myopic understanding, chose all the, you know, green place for himself. And he didn't know what was, what was ahead. So, there are some times when we are forcibly relocated. I'll give you an example of Joseph. You see, Joseph was not repositioned willingly. It was a violent, you know, traumatic move. Look at how Joseph was relocated. But do you know, they, oh, hallelujah. Joseph could never have become prime minister in his father's house. A repositioning was necessary. So when the thing was happening, it looked, it looked very difficult. But there's no way for Joseph to be prime minister of Egypt in Canaan. You need to get to the place where you are to become what you are ordained to be. That's what strategic repositioning does. Repositioning can be accidental or intentional, casual or strategic. I am not talking primarily today about, you know, accidental repositioning or just being casual. I'm talking about being strategic, seeking God, reviewing things, searching your heart, listening deeply, doing research, evaluating options, and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you to know when it is time to reposition, either in location or in your approach or in your paradigm or in your area of business. So strategic repositioning is premeditated. It is deliberate and intentional. Repositioning can be physical or mental, like a change in paradigm. You know, you don't see things or approach them the way that you did before. You see them differently. And then it, it, it changes your approach. You know, then reposition usually begins inside. Something shifts inside before it does, you know, or you do on the outside. So it is often the result of an inward realization, thoughts, a decision, understanding, you know, which comes to you. And you just realize that it's time to move. 
you're praying about this you are looking at things you are surveying situations you are looking at the history you are listening to god you are searching scripture you are watching the market so it's a holistic approach i hope that towards the end we can look at some practical steps in strategic repositioning Oi, i believe that this god is speaking to somebody on this on this zoom call tonight god is speaking to somebody the wisdom of god will be available to you to review all that you are doing and make the necessary appropriate decisions huh? strategic repositioning often involves a relocation but it's not always you, you see you can re like you see the way i am now i can reposition like this i am still at the same location i can even reposition like this it's still the same location but a different i'm facing different huh? i can do other things from the same location so it's not always a question of parking from one location to somewhere else some people think that you know with all the things going on uh, back in africa especially a lot of people are in a hurry to you know run over to the west because they believe that life is better in those places uh, but that's not necessarily true <laughs> in the west they have their own issues and their own challenges of course opportunities are there but as a child of god you must not be led excuse me by opportunity we are to be led by the spirit amen now strategic repositioning is not necessarily irreversible see what i mean here you, do you know you can you can go backward strategically because you want to go forward by a leap see you you, you can somebody can 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 shift and then come back again and you are going to see that with Moses. Do you remember that Moses was in Egypt? But a repositioning, which was also traumatic, moved Moses to Midian. But then there was a time when Moses came back to, to Egypt. And then he moved again. So it, it, a lot of people think that if they reposition, it means they may never get back to what they left. And that fear and that anxiety, you know, makes it much, much more difficult. But it's not always like that. Remember what Alvin Toffler said about change. Uh, uh, being forward or backward, up or down, and then up again. So, please keep that in mind. So, this is dynamic. One repositioning may not be sufficient if our full potential or the full potential of a business is to be accomplished. Mm. There are businesses that have rebranded, changed, repositioned, moved from one aspect of the market to another aspect. So, this thing cannot be historical. It needs to be current. And sometimes it can be unpleasant and expensive. It can result from a crisis or crisis, but it is important. Sometimes it involves moving from, usually it will involve moving from the known to the unknown. Huh? And it may look disadvantageous or foolish or stupid. You see, there are sometimes when you are repositioning, those who don't understand what you are doing, you, you look like an idiot. But they don't understand that there is a plan that is um, uh, ordering your step in, in, in the things that you have to do. So, oftentimes, God imposes strategic repositioning on his people without their knowledge or consent. There are sometimes, look at Joseph, like I mentioned. The Bible says it was God that sent him. And remember, Joseph told his brothers, it was not you that sent me here. It was God. It was traumatic, but God used you and what you meant for evil, brothers, to work out all of this good. 
So God does this. And there are some times when God is doing this to us, we don't understand. We quarrel with it. We fight it. Instead of allowing God to have his way uh, in and through us. So strategic repositioning is necessary if we are going to maximize life. If we are going to fulfill our potential as individuals, the potentials of a product or a business or a ministry or an organization, even a family. There are families that suffer because the leader of the family does not understand strategic repositioning. So because he is the leader, he stays in a place too long, he stays with something so long that it begins to affect the people that he leads. And, and that, is not, that is not good leadership. May God give us grace. So there are certain place, things that cannot be seen from certain places. Watch the words I'm using. There are certain things that cannot be seen from certain places. One you know, classical example is Habakkuk. I'm not going to read Habakkuk, but you can look at Habakkuk chapter 2 from verses 1 to 4. Habakkuk said, in chapter 1, he could not understand things that were happening. You know, God using um, uh, the wicked to punish some people that may look more righteous, invasion, all kinds of judgment taking place. So Habakkuk says in chapter 2 verse 1, he said, I'm going to relocate. I will stand my watch. And I'm going to take a stand at the tower. And then from the tower, I will see what God will say to me. You see, God now spoke to Habakkuk. He said, you know, um, uh, write the vision. Eh? Make it plain upon tables so that he may run that readeth it. See, the vision is for an appointed time. So notice that Habakkuk could not see certain things until he repositioned. There are opportunities you will not see from certain places. Oh, there are certain things you cannot see. For example, the ministry of a watchman requires that the watchman is going to relocate to the tower because that's from where he's going to see things ahead of everybody else. So repositioning enables you to see before others see. It enables you to see further and further and faster. So if you really would like to see, for example, look at Jesus. The transfiguration could not happen in the valley and with the crowd. So what did Jesus do? He repositioned himself with his three chosen apostles to the Mount of Transfiguration. That was where transfiguration took place. Some people are trying to be transfigured in a wrong place. Environment will affect your transfiguration. Some people are trying to be transfigured, you know, from a wrong place paradigm from a wrong perspective and it's not going to happen whether it is personal trans transfiguration or transformation in your business or ministry notice that the things i'm saying have multi-dimensional applications so i'm not just going to keep repeating life personal life ministry business apply this thing across the board hallelujah do you know that there was no way to inherit the promised land while you are still in egypt so what happened israel their journey through the wilderness was a continual repositioning ordered by the presence of God using the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. You see, you see, when the pillar of, of, of when the pillar of cloud moved, they moved. So I, I normally say to people, don't follow the crowd, follow the cloud. Don't follow the crowd, follow the cloud. 
Don't just follow the trends. Follow the cloud. So I want you to see how they traveled. The pillar of cloud, the presence of God, moves. They moved. The Bible said if that pillar settled in one place for one month, they stayed for one month. If it stayed for three months, they stayed for three months. Then they moved when the pillar moved. If it stayed for one day, there were some times that the children of Israel will arrive at a particular place and then the pillar of cloud will just stay there for 12 hours and, and, and reposition and move. Somebody could say, oh, I just unpacked my bag. I don't want to go anywhere. What kind of thing is this? No, you have to follow that cloud because you don't know the way to the promised land. <laughs> there is no way to inherit the fullness of God's promises without repositioning continuously in sync with the spirit of god i'm not talking about arbitrary action just you know packing from somewhere and going somewhere because you think things are going to be better no i'm talking about spirit-led you know repositioning in our leadership in our ministry and every other area of life so redemption was not possible with jesus as the incarnate pre-incarnate word the eternal son of god you know in heaven so what did he do he took flesh and repositioned himself to earth salvation was not possible <laughs> until he got to the cross jesus could not pay for our sins at the upper room he repositioned to the cross there are some times when jesus wanted to heal people he took them out of the city why would he do that why doesn't he heal them where they are oh ah, may the spirit of god interpret and customize this message in your heart may the spirit of god almighty interpret and customize this truth to you and begin to point out to you what, what do you have to do? do you know that maybe your present line of business has expired the covid crisis came and some people lost their jobs and now some people their businesses became threatened I mean, if we are doing businesses that had required a lot of people gathering, you were in event management or something like that, maybe for like one year or more, you didn't have anything to do. So what are you going to do? You don't stay idle. You'll be looking at, okay, God, is there something different I can do? How can I reposition myself? Are there certain skills that I will need to learn to help me to become and to, you know, to thrive even in a VUCA world? With all the changes taking place. There was no way that Joseph's dreams could be fulfilled in his father's house. So he needed to relocate. You, if you are going to be prime minister, you have to arrive in Egypt. <laughs> now the transportation and the method of travel was very rough. It was violent, but it was central to the fulfillment of God's purpose for him. Huh? See, it's impossible to catch a shark in fresh water. As I mean you're a fisherman. And you really, really want to catch a shark. Actually, it's called hunting, not fishing. When you are looking for a shark. Because this thing is an animal in the water. It's not just a regular fish. So, you, 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 there are certain fishes you cannot catch in certain waters. This is a powerful principle for ministers in ministry and other areas. There are some results you cannot get in certain places. There is no quantity of prayer that is going to bring a whale to our riverside you did, did you hear what i said <laughs> there is no quantity of sin. in the name of jesus well i command you come to my river and you are praying and fast it's a lie a whale will not come to your river because that is not its habitat 
So what are you going to do? You are going to do Psalm 107, 23, 24. He said, those that go out to the sea, that do business in great waters, in deep water. He said, this, they see the works of God. And they see wonders in the deep. I said, wonders. Somebody is receiving this word. You are going to launch out into the deep and you are going to see wonders. You have been fishing in shallow waters. Reposition, relocate. You see, your present location and the, what you are doing at present is smaller than your heart. Relocate to a place where the size of your heart can find full expression. Seek God and listen to God and let God talk to you. Something is telling you, like those you know, sons of the prophet, uh, say the place where we dwell is too narrow for us. You remember those sons of the prophet? They came to Elijah, Elisha. They said, the place where we dwell is too narrow. This place is too tight. This place is too tight. I can be, we can be more than this. There can be more space. I can thrive more than this. This church can grow more than this. This business can be bigger than this. This ministry can reach more people. The place where we are now is too tight for us. The place. So what did they do? They re repositioned to the Jordan. Say, let us go to the Jordan and go and cut down wood. See, Oi, you a God, your prayers will not bring a whale to your riverside. If you are looking for a whale, you need to go to the deep, you need to go to the ocean because that's where it is, that's its habitat. Oh, bless certain levels of growth and increase are not possible without strategic repositioning. A point comes when we outgrow or max out a certain place, and then the law of diminishing return sets in. Huh. May God interpret this word to your spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit will say more to you than what I'm saying. Look, I've been praying that God will use this thing to, to generate, you know, generate what is it called? Generate direction, clarity, and movement, repositioning that will bring you great increase in life and ministry. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. So, I want this brings me now to great examples and uh, I'm, i'll soon be done because like i said my job is not to reposition you but to generate a stirring that will reposition you to the place of divine encounter and divine fulfillment and supernatural enlargement and the fulfillment of god's purpose for your life look in this terminal generation the church of jesus christ must reposition we've been trying to do ministry from inside church our plan is that every, every, the world will come and meet us inside church. It's a lie. More people go to market than go to church. More people go to bank than go to church. More people go to farm than go to church. More people go to hospital than go to church. More people go to school than go to church. That is the reality. So if we are going to reach the world, what must the church do? We must reposition. We carry the light away from the congregation of lights in the church and carry it into the darkness in the marketplace. This message is, you know, I was on a flight, you know, in the U.S. on a trip like a month ago when the, when the burden for this understanding came in my spirit. God had spoken to me about this thing before. Even in my own life, in, in life and ministry, I see the reposition in taking place. I, 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 I trained as a medical doctor. I got born again in medical school. And uh, and uh, why were medical school? Excuse me. Why were medical school? 
you know, I knew that I was called to ministry. I was going to do medical practice for some time, but my future was not in medical practice. Of course, medical practice is a powerful platform. And uh, in my years of active practice, I used the platform, you know, to preach the gospel and do good, you know, in serving people uh, health-wise. But I knew that a time will come when I will need to move. I was posted to the north of our country for, you know, mandatory national service. After the service, I was praying and the Lord said, don't go, stay in this place until I talk to you. And, and that, that took another maybe like, uh, this is from around 1990, 91, to another 20 years. <laughs> I was in the place and from there doing ministry. And a point came when the Lord said, now it's time to leave your hospital and leave active practice and pursue what I've called you to do. I had to reposition. What am I going to eat? Don't worry about that. You see, when, when, the, when the call, the urge to reposition, when it comes to you, there will be the unknown. Because you've not traveled that way before. You may not have faced that direction before. You may not have tried such a thing before. You may not have, you know, you know imagined such a thing. But if you are praying and you are hearing in your spirit consistently, that God is pointing in a different direction. Follow the cloud. I said, follow the cloud. Go travel with the wind. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. That's how I left active medical practice. And then I stayed on in the same town until a point came. I knew in my spirit it was, it was time to move. And I told our brethren, I said, I'm leaving. They said, ah, sir, what's going to happen to the ministry in this town? I told them, I said, you, you, God has trained you. You take charge of that. I'm leaving. And I moved to our capital city. And I've been in the place. And I'm listening to God. If God says tomorrow, Ferdinand, it's time to move. I'm, I want to follow God. You are not like a tree planted in one place. You are on a journey. You are traveling with God. And I have a motto for my life. A journey in an infinite God can have no limits. A journey in an infinite God can have no limits. In other words, if you keep traveling with God and you keep walking with God and you are not stuck in one place, there will be no limitations to your life. So look at Abraham. Huh? Look at someone like Abraham. Look at... Um, uh, um, let me see if I can share my... Uh, share this notes. I think that it might be helpful for you to see some of the things that... Oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just great. Can, I, I believe you can see my notes now. Excellent. So if you look at Abraham... You see that Abraham had to move from from all of the Chaldeans to Canaan, and then from, he went. Then he went from 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 Canaan to Egypt, from Egypt back back to Canaan. Just look at Isaac. We discussed Isaac. Isaac. Bible said Isaac was in. We, of course, with his father Abraham. Then he moved. Then he moved to Gerar after Abraham passed away to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. When Abimelech drove him away, he moved. Then he moved again. And then he got to Rehoboth. Then he moved to Beersheba. This is the man with the promise. Why doesn't he say in one place, Oh God, you promised to give me Canaan. I'm not going anywhere. This, you must prosper me here. There are some Christians that sit here until they die. Don't stay in one place in the assumption that it is God that put you there. There are some things that you think is God that told you that is not God. You are mistaking a variable that is changeable for a variable that is fixed. 
Don't confuse things that are fixed with things that are changeable. As a minister of the gospel, for instance, your call and your vision, they are fixed. They will not change. But the way you go about fulfilling that call is not fixed. You must be listening to the Holy Spirit. The way you are leading that church is not fixed. There are certain churches that are too predictable. I said some churches are too predictable. You come on Sunday, you know exactly what will happen. And you have been doing this thing for the past 10, 15, 20 years. How will you change your community by doing the thing the way you have always done it? What are you going to do differently, pastor? What are you going to do differently? You've been doing this business and you have been receiving this amount of money for the past how long? And you want more money. The question is, what are you going to do differently? How are you going to reposition so that you can maximize your potential and receive the best that God has for you? That's the question. So you look at, look at Jacob. Look at Jacob. Jacob had to keep moving. Eh? <laughs> a point came. His, a point came. His father's house became too hot with his brother Esau. The guy ran. He went to Padan Aram. He went to the place, stayed there for some time, and then God said it's time to go back. He moved back. When he came back, he didn't stay where he was before. He moved somewhere else. Look at all the friends of God. Look at Joseph. From home, he went to Dotan to see his brothers. From there, he went to Egypt. In Egypt, from the slave market, he ended up in Potiphar's house. From Potiphar's house to prison, from the prison to the palace, he kept repositioning. Some of them were intentional, some of them were mandatory. And then he, he moved his father and his brothers. Because the famine is still going to last for five more years. It was year two that they came to buy food. They see five more years of famine. Joseph said, this up and down that you are doing, you are going to have problems. Come and live here with me. And even his bones, Joseph said, when he was about to die, in Genesis chapter 50, Joseph said, God will surely visit you. And when it's time for you to leave, you take my bones out of this place. Hallelujah. Look at Moses. What did Moses' parents do that saved Moses? They repositioned him. When they could no longer hide him, they went and put him in a basket in the river Nile. And you know the story, how Pharaoh's daughter eventually picked him up. Look at Moses. He went from the palace to go and see his people where they were being oppressed. You will, there is no way to see the oppression of the Israelites from inside the palace. Moses had to go to the place, to the location where the thing was happening. And then, you know how eventually he went from Egypt. He was running from Pharaoh to Midian. Then he came back to Egypt, from Egypt to the wilderness. And then he went up to Mount Nebo for his final meeting with God. That was where he died and God buried him. And then he appeared again at the Mount of Transfiguration. Hey, hey, hallelujah. Look at Philip in the New Testament. I want you to keep open. See, the summary of what I'm saying to you today is to stay open and be listening to the Spirit. So that when it's time to move, you will not stay one day longer where you are located, one day longer doing what you have been doing that has expired. Hallelujah. Look at David. David had to keep repositioning to the, from home. He went to the war front. Do you know that if David had stayed in one place, Saul would have wiped him out long ago. Saul will have killed him now. But look at David. From, from the cave of Adullam to Maon to the wilderness of Ziph. You know, from somewhere to somewhere. When he faced Goliath, he ran to the battle. Because you don't... The stone that you are going to use to hit Goliath, you, you have to get into range to fire it. 
He repositioned. And look at one dangerous moment when David refused to reposition. Do you remember the story? When uh, it, the time when kings go to battle, the Bible said David stayed at home. That was what led to the trouble with Bathsheba. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Huh? Many of us, we have entered into big trouble because we were not where God ordained for us to be. We, we, we didn't reposition when we are supposed to reposition. Now, I want, I want us to spend some time in the next one, number seven there, First Chronicles chapter 12. Because First Chronicles chapter 12 tells me, I believe, gives us a blueprint of what God wants to do. In First Chronicles chapter 12, you see warriors repositioning. I said, you see warriors repositioning. Uh, for more. You see warriors repositioning. Repositioning themselves so that they could fulfill the will and the purpose of God for their lives. Come with me to First Chronicles chapter 12. In First Chronicles 12, oh praise God, there is First Chronicles, in First Chronicles. From verse 1, First Chronicles 12 from verse 1, we are told here, it says, now these were the men who came to David. These were the men who came to David. I keep watching here. You will see the light here. Excuse me. So these were the men that came to David um, uh, at Ziklag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And watch what the Bible says. And they were among the mighty men, helpers in the war. They were armed with bows and arrows. And they could use both the right hand and the left hand in hauling stones and shooting arrows with the bow. And they were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. I said they were of Benjamin. It will be on this side here. They were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. See the point here going on, brothers and sisters. Is that David is in the bush. Saul is in the, uh, on the throne. And these soldiers are relocating. These soldiers are relocating. They are relocating to go and join David in the bush. And they are Saul's relatives. Can you imagine relatives of the man on the throne? And these relatives of the man on the throne are leaving their man on the throne to go and join David in the bush. This is strategic repositioning. This is God at work. You see, these guys knew that the time had come for God to do something for Israel. Yes, thank you. The time had come for God to do something for Israel. And this was not a time for tribalism. So they changed allegiance from the man on the throne to the man in the bush. In fact, David was surprised to see them. David was surprised to see them. I want you to watch the same First Chronicles chapter 12. You will see that in um, uh, verse 16, First Chronicles 12, 16, then some of the sons of uh, Benjamin and Judah came to David at the stronghold. And David went out to meet them and answered and said to them, if you have come peaceably to me to help me, my heart will be with you. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies, let God, the God of our fathers, let him see and judge. Watch verse 18. Then the spirit came upon Amasai, chief of the captains. Now, the spirit is coming on an army general. You see, this idea that we have in the church, 
that Holy Spirit only rests on pastors in the church pulpit. It's not taught in the Bible. This is an army general. Look at it. Um, Amasai, chief of the captains. The spirit came on him. He began to prophesy. Several of you out in the marketplace, the spirit will rest upon you. You will walk miracles. You will cast out devils. You will prophesy. You will be like Bezalel. Don't buy the lie that anointing only works inside church. It's a lie. There's nothing like that in the Bible. This Holy Spirit that is restricted to church must be a funny Holy Spirit. Because the one we read about in Acts of the Apostles the, was walking miracles on the street. He was manifesting in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. He was manifesting in different places. The closest miracle in Acts of the Apostles to church was the cripple by the beautiful gate. The spirit came on an army general. That's the point here. Now watch. He began to prophesy. He said, we are yours, David. We are on your side, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you. Huh? And peace to your helpers. For your God is helping you. And then David received them and he made them captains and leaders. And then, verse 19. And some from Manasseh defected to David. You see, when you read First Chronicles chapter 12, you will see the kind of strategic repositioning that was necessary for the promise of God concerning making David king to be fulfilled. Some people think that, you know, they, Samuel just poured oil on David's head and then David just, you know, ate, ate you know, some cassava or some, uh, or he just ate some, some burger or something and he woke up as king in Egypt, in Israel. That's a joke. A lot of strategic repositioning was required for that prophecy to come to pass. David was moving. Generals were moving. Soldiers, experts, people that could throw stones with the right hand and with the left. Let me say something here and servants of God and leaders Please bear with your brother Ferdinand. I believe I'm going to say what I have to say now. In this terminal generation, there will be strategic repositioning from certain churches. You see, there will be churches that will lose their church members. I am sorry, I am not a pastor, so I'm not looking for church members. I don't, let's be clear, I do not pastor a church congregation. I don't have church members. I am a member of a church and I am not a pastor in the church I attend with my family. But that's our home church. I believe that every minister of the gospel should have a home church. So I'm not saying this because I'm looking, trying to start a church or get, get church members. People have told me, they say, but Ferdinand, you can preach. Why don't you go and start a church? I said, that's not my assignment. I'm sent to the body. But please listen. Some churches are going to lose their key members. Listen closely to what I'm saying to you because this is a prophetic word. Some churches are going to lose their cash cows because God is repositioning people for its agenda. God is moving people from the house of Saul to the house of David. Why is that so? Because the cloud has moved. The cloud of glory has moved from the house of Saul. There are lots of people, you have been in this place where you feel you know, you know, chained, bound. Somebody, you are doing something, you are not finding fulfillment. You must be praying and seeking God. I'm not telling you to leave your church. I am telling you to be listening to God so that you will know when the cloud has moved. And then as a pastor, if you yourself, you are listening to God and you are flowing with the cloud, you, you don't have any problem because the people of God will stay. 
They are being fed and they are pursuing the purpose of God. But those who are running personal agendas, they need to be careful because God is repositioning his assets for his final, final harvest. Blessed be God forevermore. Look at Elijah. I mean, we don't have time to go into all these details. But Elijah, in Elijah, you will see the, the, the case of strategic positioning in manifestation. Huh? From the secret place, Elijah came to confront Ahab. When the brook dried up, you remember, God sent him to the brook chariot. When the brook dried up, Elijah didn't stay there and say, Oh God, I command water to spring out from this brook in the name of Jesus. You ravens, you must continue to come here. No. Elijah repositioned. God said, the brook has dried up. It's time for you to move. Go to the widow's house. He repositioned himself. When it was time for rain, God said, Oya, oh yeah, go to Ahab. He moved. He repositioned. When he was going to call down fire on the sacrifice, he repositioned the people. He said, come over to my side. When he heard the sound of abundance of rain, he told Ahab to go. But Elijah himself repositioned himself to the top of Mount Carmel and he began to pray for rain. He put his head between his knees and he prayed until rain came. When he was being pursued by Jezebel, Elijah repositioned himself. You know, some people mock Elijah. Eh, he's running from a woman. You don't understand. Don't, don't. <laughs> when I hear some believers mocking people that have been approved by God, that's, it does something to me. You, 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 it's better to run from Jezebel. Oh. Jezebel is more dangerous than Ahab. It's not a matter of sex that she's a woman. Woman is not a matter in spiritual matters. Jezebel was a bigger principality than King Ahab. Elijah ran. He moved. When it was time to be moved from earth to heaven, to be, you know, um, carried by the chariots and the whirlwind, huh? Elijah kept on moving. God has called me to Bethel. God has sent me to Gilgal. God has sent me to the Jordan. He kept on moving. And many Bible scholars believe that Elijah will come back as one of the two witnesses in the book of Revelation strategic repositioning we have spoken about the four lepers we will not spend time on that anymore and of course our lord and savior jesus christ the spirit repositioned him to the wilderness for his temptation uh, he had to leave nazareth to go to capernaum and you know it was in that galilee that jesus recruited that was where he met and recruited several principal actors in his kingdom purpose. This is very important. You see, oh, glory to Jesus. There are things and people that you will never meet if you don't reposition. Either the way you do things or your approach. Remember, repositioning does not always mean relocating. Remember, we, we said that. It's not reposition is not equal to relocate. No. You can, you can reposition in the same place. But there are certain people you will never meet if you don't reposition. See, and these people, we are key actors. Look at Peter, James, John, um, Andrew, principal people. Look at Matthew. Many of these people, remember when um, uh, 
uh, they came to arrest Jesus. They said, you people, your accent, sign, you sound like a Galilean. You are one of his people. So it looks to me like God had already ordained the people that would be the apostles of the Lamb. But for Jesus to recruit them, he could not recruit them from Judea. He had to reposition to, to the Galilee region where they were. Jesus left heaven to come here. Do you know that after Jesus finished his work as our Savior, his new responsibility as our high priest could not be fulfilled from Jerusalem. So he relocated to the right hand of the Father. He ascended. And the time is coming in the future. Hallelujah. When Jesus is going to come back again to earth. To he will reposition himself so that he can collect the kingdoms of this world that he has already purchased. You look at Paul. Look at Paul. is another classical example. He was from Jerusalem to Damascus. Then divine encounter along the path of strategic repositioning. Then from Damascus, he said he went to Arabia. What was he doing there? He was waiting on God, seeking God. From Arabia, he came back to Jerusalem. Then they sent him to Tarsus. From Tarsus, um, Barabbas went to look for him and brought him back to Antioch. And then from Antioch, the man went to the ends of the earth. Then he came back to Jerusalem. And then from Jerusalem to Rome. These things are not mistakes. If you are going to walk with God, you must be listening. Please remember that I did not say you should pack out of where you are now. That's not what God is saying. Remember that I didn't say you should stop what you are doing. What I believe the Spirit of God is saying, be open. Listen. Seek God. Some of you, you're already feeling a restlessness about where you are. You are feeling choked. You are feeling caged. You are feeling limited. You are feeling restricted. These are signs that your spirit is, is crying for a repositioning. There are some times when you are just uncomfortable with where you are, what you are doing. That is an invitation to seek God further so that you can have clarity. So how do we practically reposition? There is an inertia. Huh? You know in physics they say everybody continues in its state of rest or uniform motion until it is compelled by an external force to act otherwise. So we are we all have the tendency of inertia. You are just in one place and um, uh, uh, you don't want to move, which is why at times God will not ask you before he starts moving you. So you must be willing to overcome that inertia. That Then the fear factor, you know, now you are dealing with the unknown and there may be financial consequences of this step you are going to take. When you are stepping into something that looks uncertain, there are people that God has told them what to do. But what is keeping them from doing it is, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Where will the money come from? But please listen. If the four lepers sat in their place, do you know that they might have died? Whereas things have shifted. If you don't go, you will never know. I said, if you don't go, you will never know. You will never know what God has already done. God said, I will go before you. I will make a way in the wilderness. So, but if you don't take the step of faith, trusting God, like when it was time for me to leave active medical practice to preach the gospel, I, I'm a medical doctor. How, what, how, how will this doctor leave medical practice? What will the children eat? How will I be taken care of? And all of this. All of these are big considerations. But then what do you do? You take the step of faith and believe God. And look at many, many years later, we are still here. 
and God is still faithful. Hallelujah. So, then the next thing is to act. When you have looked at the options, you remember those four lepers? They said, if we sit here, we are going to die. If we go to that side, eh, we, we will still die. But, let's take our chance. And the Bible says, they took the step after evaluating. So, in responding to this message, and I'm bringing this to a close so that we can pray and have some conversation, and as well as pray for one another before we leave, we need to reflect. I said we need to reflect. You need to research. You need to recognize. You need to reorder. What this thing is saying is, look at your life. Listen to your spirit. Pause. Nobody chained you where you are today, doing what you are doing. Do you know that some people hate their work? Hi. Oh, there are lots of believers. They hate what they are doing. But they are there because they feel they have no choice. Who told you you have no choice? Who told you you have no choice? God says, anybody who does not work shall not eat. He doesn't say anybody who does not do this particular kind of work. Is there a different kind of work that you can do, that you have a passion for, that, that God can bless? If this door seems to have closed, is, is it possible for you to reposition yourself to benefit from the remaining other opportunities that God is granting? Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, um, uh, what I'd like us to do now, remember, we have spent time. Uh, let me stop this share there now as, as we wrap up. So, we have spent time to see that God Almighty, God Almighty often relocates people that are dear to him. And sometimes when God is doing that kind of thing, when God is doing that kind of thing, he's not comfortable, he's not convenient. Look at Joseph, uprooted from his, you know, father's house and then sold as a slave to Egypt. Those things were not comfortable, they were not convenient. But it was strategic for the destiny that God has ordained for him. So we have seen in our study that strategic repositioning is important if you are going to maximize destiny. If you are going to fulfill your potential, if you are going to fulfill the potential of the ministry that you lead and of your family and of the organization or nation that you lead, as the case may be, there must be a continual repositioning. Just imagine an army. An army does not fight a battle from one place. The army keeps moving. Because if you just stay in one place, the enemy will drop bombs that will take everybody out. But the army keeps moving, keeps relocating, keeps moving assets, keeps moving ammunition, keeps moving key personnel. All of this is to surprise the other party and not, not to allow yourself to be caught unprepared. So what we are saying and what we are seeing is that if the purpose of God is going to be fulfilled in this terminal generation... Leaders of individuals, churches, uh, 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 business people, believers must be willing to listen to the voice of the Spirit and reposition themselves so that they can maximize divine purpose. So that you can benefit from a shift that God has already shifted. Remember those four lepers. Notice that something has already shifted in the camp of the Syrians. 
God caused them to hear a noise. There is only the abundance. Oh God, take away the fear that cages people from benefiting from the shift that you have already granted. You see, we were praying sometime in August in our ministry, and God said to us, He said, There is a shift and there is a lift. And I'm saying the same thing to you this evening, this afternoon, if you are joining from somewhere else, or this morning, you know, if you're in Asia. There is a shift in your life. There is a lift. But for you to benefit from the shift that God has already granted, you may need to shift. You may need to shift your paradigm. You may need to shift your approach. You may need to shift location. You may need to move from where you are now. You may need to go back to school. You may need to learn a new trade. You may need to do ministry differently. Oh, glory to Jesus. There are servants of God listening to me. I see great increase coming to you in that ministry. I see God opening doors. I see God enlarging that church. But then you will need to check, okay, God, now, so what are we going to do differently? What are you, where are you calling us, you know, to, are we going to shift from a man-centered ministry where the man of God is the focus of attention to equipping the brethren? Do you know that if you are going to experience multiplication, you will need to multiply leaders? If you keep doing the thing all by yourself, the thing will not grow. It will not multiply. And so, I would like us first of all to respond to God in prayer. And ask God for an openness in your spirit. And just say, God, Lord, I receive this message to be open. Lord, I'm open. Reposition me. And I want you to pray that prayer because after tonight, God is going to start doing things. I said, God is going to start doing things. God will start shifting things. And some of it may be uncomfortable, I must say. Like Joseph being uprooted from his brothers. But watch out. You will see the hand of God. And you will see the purpose of God for, for doing what he is doing in and through your life. This message is applicable to every area. From your business to your personal life to your health. There are people that you need to reposition yourself. That's your position on the couch where you're always sitting down and you're not doing exercise. You, you need to reposition. <laughs> you will need to reposition financially. You, even your investments, you may need to look at your portfolio and ask, is it time to shift from stocks uh, to the real sector? From the money market to something? Or from the real sector to this side? You are consistently, continually evaluating so this message means that you don't settle. You don't make any assumptions because if you sit in one place, that may become a grave. And that is not the plan of God in the name of Jesus. So let's spend a few minutes to pray and then we can have a conversation and then we will pray for those that have different needs. Please type in things in the chat. If you have a prayer point, please put it in the chat. I'm sure that Brother Femi will help us to coordinate that. And then we are going to be praying. If you are sick in your body, don't go away. If you are trusting God for something, stay, stay with it because we are going to be praying over such matters. Now, let's all respond to God. Let's pray. Oh, Pratan Shitami Nani Kaikoto Rodziar. Pratanatonanitai Totsipa Para Para. I want you to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray for yourself. Pray, pray about that church. Pray about that business. Pray about your responsibility. Strategic repositioning. Ito, There is increase coming. There is enlargement coming to that ministry, to that business. Something is shifting. Ito, 
Something has shifted and you are shifting to benefit from the shift. Oi, you are shifting to benefit from a shift that has taken place. Oh, termino nieshti pavriesi parataya. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. Pratekondriesi pra, pratekondriesi par, shtiendrikato krapotsipra, mindriniteta kamininiosi prantapaya, shontorianda mindriisi prakatar. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Let's pray for a couple of minutes. Pray for yourself. Pray about the business. Pray about every aspect. There is a shift that is taking place and you will benefit from that shift. It's Yonto Kapro Tushto Midamina Taila Prateto Tsipo Tamahana Taya in business, in your family, in different areas of your life. Oh, glory to Jesus. Oh, God will give you wisdom. I say God will give you wisdom. God will give you clarity. God will order your steps. Oh, why sit here until we die? Why sit here until we die? Why sit in this place doing nothing, not shifting, not changing until things collapse on your head? Why? The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. Oh, you are going to flow with the river. The river is moving. You will flow with the river. Oh, Priente Nengishti, Pratsi, Batoni, and the Letsi Para. Oh, Patambere Kushti, Pokori, and the Mandre. Is it time to shift into real estate business? Is it time to shift your business focus? What are you going to do differently in the ministry? What are you going to do differently? Is it, have you stayed too long on that mountain? Some of you, you have stayed too long in the same place. It's time to move. If the spirit is telling you that, begin to pray and plan and listen and see God more. Oh, shteriate kupriande. Mandre sentele kushti pambre. Bratsi kunami totli sapili mataria. Entende kushti monkutso pandrie. Apra totsa minda la kushti poprie. Ot sendele kushti baria. Antendre kia suprantele kushti apa taibara. Oh manamara nata, manamara nata, tokori barotsa. Oh Father, in the name of Jesus, our hearts are open to you. Lord, our hearts are open to you tonight. Oh, our hearts are open to you tonight, Father. Our hearts are open to you. Strategic repositioning. 
What is the Spirit of God saying to you? I want you to pray for clarity. Pray for clarity. In a vocal word, there is volatility, there is uncertainty. Pray for vision. Pray for understanding. Pray for clarity and for agility. Oh, you will be nimble. You will adapt. You will reposition. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive this word from your heart for your church. Let's pray for the end time church. Let's pray for the end time church that the end time church will reposition. Father, in the name of Jesus, cause your church to reposition, to maximize opportunities, to engage new harvest fields. How are we going to reach the majority religion? The other religions, how are we going to reach them? Will we have to reposition? We need to operate from outside church now. Father, reposition Jonah. Jonah needed to be repositioned to Nineveh. Oh, hallelujah. For there to be revival. Father, reposition Jonah. It's time for Joseph to move. Joseph needs to get to Egypt. Father, move your Josephs to Egypt. Father, move your Josephs to Egypt. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, blessed Father. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Eternal Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, because you are moving your Josephs. Thank you because your spirit is leading your children. You are ordering the steps of your servants. You are speaking, you are bringing clarity. You are giving vision and understanding, clarity and agility in a VUCA world. Father, you are providing insight and foresight, evaluation. You are allowing us to see, to hear. In the name of Jesus, your spirit is going to lead. We will not take rash action and rash decisions. We will be led by your spirit. And we will be led further to shift because you have shifted. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, where the brook has dried up, there's somebody in this place. You feel that there is dryness around you. It's like Elijah, the brook dried up. When the brook dried up, Elijah didn't start praying, brook, you must come back. Uh, Raven, where are you? The man repositioned, he relocated to the widow's place. It didn't look like the place, but that was the place of appointment. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are relocating, you are repositioning in diverse ways, in business, in ministry, individuals, families, in methods, in approach. Oh, you are doing this, Father, with these servants of God in this meeting tonight, with their organizations, with their businesses. You are positioning people, Father, to maximize opportunity. You are doing great things. 
and for this we give you praise in the name of jesus you are moving joseph into position so that he can become prime minister you are moving jonah into position so that there can be revival in Nineveh. you are moving jesus into the region of galilee and and zebulon and naphtali so that the people that sit in darkness can see a great light the people in the valley or in the shadow of death life will come to them father you are moving mighty warriors from king saul to david you are relocating your warriors your soldiers your mighty men you are repositioning resources father for the end time harvest continue to walk by your spirit and be glorified in the name of jesus christ thank you blessed father we praise you in jesus name we have prayed amen and amen and amen the land and Lord of the sea.